I don't know about you, but the thought of having teenage boys in my house in a few years is a little bit scary. How can we moms help to prepare our sons to transition into their teenage years? What do our boys need from us? We have a special guest on our show today to help us answer some of these questions. We are going to talk about three messages our teenage sons want us to hear. Welcome to episode 26 of Redeeming the Chaos with Laurie Christine. Hey mama, does your life feel a bit chaotic right now? Do you feel overwhelmed by the weight of responsibility to raise those little boys God has given you? Do you want to raise strong, courageous young men who are fully committed to following Jesus? In all the chaos of raising boys, we recognize that Christ is the only one who can redeem the chaos in our world, our homes, and our own hearts. I know that I can't do this alone. I desperately need God to give me strength every step of this journey. But guess what? I also need you. We boy moms gotta stick together. I would love for you to join me on this wild, wonderful, chaotic adventure of raising courageous boys and connecting their hearts to Christ. Our special guest today is Michael Ross. Michael Ross is an award-winning author and former editor of Breakaway, a national magazine for teen guys published by Focus on the Family. Several of his books include Boom, A Guy's Guide to Growing Up, a parenting book called What Your Son Isn't Telling You, and an unofficial Minecraft guide called Building Faith Block by Block. Michael and his wife, Tiffany, live near St. Louis, Missouri, with their son, Christopher. This is part one of a two-part episode in which Michael and I talk about how we as moms can be intentional about connecting with our sons during their preteen and teenage years. Well, Michael, we are so excited to have you here on Redeeming the Chaos with us today. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you. And I I love the title, Redeeming the Chaos. I mean, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Oh my goodness. Absolutely. Well, we're excited to hear from you today. Just give us a quick background on what is your experience with raising boys? Yeah. Well, not just raising boys, but it's been a part of my ministry for a number of years. I worked at Focus on the Family for 22 years. I was the editor of a magazine for boys uh, called Breakaway. Uh, In addition, I I helped the ministry, Dr. Dobson and Tyndale House Publishers, create uh, books specifically for parents of of teen boys. Did that for a number of years, uh, including a book I co-wrote with a good friend of mine, Susie Schellenberger. It's called What Your Son Isn't Telling You, Unlocking the Secret World of Teen Boys. That actually uh, hit a bestseller list. And uh, that book was a result of just years and years of research and studying uh, teen guys and listening to parents and listening to boys. And we put all that together in that book. Um, In the past, I was a youth minister, worked with young men uh, in uh, Los Angeles area. And uh, now today, uh, I'm I'm an author, full-time author, but that's my background. I'm an author, writer, speaker, uh, worked many years uh, specifically with young men. 
Yeah, you have a wealth of knowledge and experience that we are really excited to glean from today. And you have a, you have one son, or how, how many sons do you have? We have one son, Christopher. Okay. And okay. Uh, yeah, he Very cringes good. whenever I do a podcast or radio show. He's like, oh, dad, <laughs> you're going to talk about me again, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I I know how that goes. My kids aren't quite old enough to be too aware of when I'm talking about them on my podcast and things like that, but I'm sure that that's coming. <laughs> that's right. So, well, today we are going to be talking about um, helping our sons transition into the teen years. I know as moms, it's often kind of a daunting thought that our boys are going to be teenagers and Somehow, to me at least, my oldest is 10. And so far, I'm like, yeah, I know how to raise boys, you know, just play with trucks and dig in the dirt and those kind of things. And just recently, as my my son will be 11 soon, I have started thinking about, oh my goodness, I don't know what to do with a teenager. And I don't know like what this transition is going to look like. And because obviously, we as moms have never been through that ourselves as as boys, of course. So yeah, so we're just wanting to get some information from you and some encouragement specifically for moms on some of the things to expect, some of the things that we can be intentional about now. I don't I don't know how many moms listening actually have teenage boys now, but probably a lot who are um kind of in my position kind of like preteen years where we're just kind of getting ready to move into those years. So, tell us about what are some ways that we as moms can be intentional about preparing our sons to move into those teen years. And if we already have teen sons, like just things that we can do to be intentional about um, being a good parent, being a good mom during this time. First of all, you know, moms that are in this boat, even if you have a 10-year-old, an 11-year-old, you're doing it right by by right now thinking about it you know at at while your your child is age 10 or age 11 and uh and and desiring to be intentional desiring to take those steps and have a great impact i mean that sounds like a, a duh thing to say you're a parent you love your child you lay down your life for your child you do anything for, for your son, but to be have this on your radar and be thinking about it now and exploring ways that you can make those teen years smooth, better, you can guide and lead y- your child, um, that's great. That's the first step. But two of the things that um, I talk to parents about, I tell them to clue in to some universal yearnings that are pounding in the hearts of every boy. Now, these are, are key messages that they desperately want you to understand whether they're they're able to verbalize it or not i'm telling you this is no exaggeration just about every boy i've met has had these messages in his mind the second thing is learn how to connect with your son with what i call three essential relational links Uh, these are keys that can unlock that door to your son's world now if you don't mind can i take a second and i'll unpack these interrupt me as i talk I'm a good talker here, so. (laughs) No, hey, that's great. Yes, go ahead and unpack those. Um, You said you have two key messages that our boys, or I guess yearnings that they have in their in their hearts. So go ahead and tell us about those. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, actually, there's three, and and the first one is please 
clue in, I'm not you. So that, that first relational link is, is empathy. And so through the years, I've talked to, as I mentioned, hundreds, you know, actually into the thousands of, of boys and their parents. And, and I've heard that same message that, you know, I, I, it doesn't matter so much to me um, how mom and dad's world look like. I want them to know what my world looks like, you know, step into my shoes and understand what I'm going through. And it's, it's a whole lot different probably than what mom and dad, you know, have, have, have gone through. So learn how boys think and feel, um, you know, learn what they need from you. You're the expert really on them. Clue into their world. Uh, look at some of the challenges that they're going through. They're confronting bullies and trying to find their true identities. They're in some cases battling lust and pornography. They push a button, you know, on a computer and porn can um, be dumped into their their lives, which is a, a tragic, frightening thing. Um, abstaining from sex um, and steering clear of drugs and drinking and the, the whole social scene. So, so understanding these pressures, you may say, not my child, you know, I homeschool or, um, you know, I, I just, this is not my, my, my child's world. You'd be surprised at how they're being exposed to so much of the, this and so many of these temptations, whether they're in a public school or a charter school or whether they're homeschooled, um, you know, if they have friends and um, they're, 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 diving into their their world uh they're being exposed to these things through the media you know as, as well um did you have anything to add to that i know you're quite an expert on this as well before i continue um honestly i would not consider myself an expert on even parenting i would say i have been very upfront with our listeners and and have told them you know what i am a mom on this journey with you and I am in the trenches and I am learning as we go and trusting God one day at a time to give me guidance and wisdom and also reaching out to people yes. like you for <laughs> all of the all of the wisdom that I can that I that I can glean and also in the meantime helping um, moms who are also listening, who are are on the same journey with me. Well, I, I, I've had so many. When I worked at Focus on the Family, um, we would have a steady stream of people visiting the ministry, and I would have a quite a steady stream coming into my office. Uh, you know, dads or moms and and their sons, and s- suddenly it would almost become like a counseling session. Um, so the dad, the son, would feel safe, you know, talking about something that maybe he never talked to his mom or dad about and we'd start talking about it in my office and then it would just open up all the floodgates and um and the and the parent would usually say in just about every case I had no idea you know mm. they they clam up around me they mm. would not talk about these things so yeah. so um that first relational link uh, you know empathy step into their shoes as best as you can as well as you can um take an interest they are listening they are absorbing mm-hmm. what you're saying, whether you realize it or not. You may get a bunch of rolling eyes and grunts and two words out of them, and they're not not willing to say much. But they really are listening and tuning into mom and dad. Um, that second uh, message is trust me, and I'll trust you. So that second relational link would 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 be trust. And and here's what what one boy told me. Um, I need this from my parents more than anything else. I can't handle it when they think I'm doing drugs or getting into trouble, uh, when in reality, I'm not. I need them to trust that I'm a good kid. 
even if I stumble. And then I want to read one more. This is a a heartache of another boy um, who was struggling uh, to respect his parents. He says, trust was shattered in our home long ago. Mom and dad say stuff like, don't drink, don't smoke, lie, fight, or cheat. Yet they do it all the time. How can I listen to people who don't walk their talk, even if they are my parents? So trust is fragile. Yeah. And that goes both ways, too, for sure. Showing trust in our kids. And we deal with this with my son all the time. I I talk to him and he's only nine right now. But I talk to him about like you need like you have to earn our trust and we're going to give you opportunities to to prove that you are reliable or to prove that 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 we can trust you. But then when you break that confidence or you, you know, you um something happens where that that trust is broken, then it's like, well, we're gonna have to work back towards building up that trust again. And you're gonna need some opportunities to show us that you can handle that responsibility or that you can do things in a um in an honest way. But I love that comment from from the boy like assuming the best of our children, like unless they have already demonstrated that they are not trustworthy in whatever situation, like assuming the best of them and, and, you know, trusting that God is working in their hearts and that he's going to guide them and, and help them to make, to make those, those right decisions. I, I remember I, I talked to this one young man at a, we did a breakaway father-son events where we uh, went out in the wilderness and did rock climbing and backpacking and whitewater rafting. And then the whole thing culminated with a, uh, a blessing where uh, a father would bless his son and the son would bless his dad. And we now we're continuing to do that with parents, with moms and daughters and, you know, and, and, and moms and sons. And um, it's pretty exciting. Um, but I remember this one, one boy, um, who was just devastated when he was dealing with pornography, trying to work through it. A little bit, little bit older teen, but was exposed to it and captivated by it. And um, he he felt so much shame and so much guilt. And his dad helped him through it. And mm. uh, and oh, and that relationship just grew with his dad. Then the sad part of it is he caught his dad looking at pornography. Mm. He walked in on him and how that just destroyed Uh, that trust. And so they had to rebuild. They had so much they had to rebuild there in, in, um, in their relationships. So, so that, that second uh, relational link is, is trust. And it's, as you said, it's a two way street. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the best things that we can do in our parenting, which doesn't even, we don't even think about it often is, yeah, is the modeling part and acting in the way that we want our children to model and, and to learn to grow into, into that character. And yeah, absolutely. Cause yeah, that definitely breaks the trust as soon as they're saying, well, the kids are saying, well, well, you don't do that or you don't do it that way. And obviously there's some things that parents are allowed to do that children are not allowed to do. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and exactly. that's okay. And we explain yes. that to our kids all the time. Like, well, how come you got to do that? I'm like, well, when you are an adult, then you can make some of those choices and then you can have that privilege as well. But that's not yet. <laughs> yeah. So the third thing. The third message that boys are dying for mom and dad to understand uh, is stay close to me and 
let me breathe. Um, they, mm. they want that connection. I, I saw that um, for so many years uh, during our, our events we did at Focus on the Family, um, where families are so busy. We're moving at the speed of light, it seems. Moms and dads both working. You know, at, at kids at school are so busy. Uh, our, our life is so fast paced. There's so adrenaline filled um, that we, you know, and we have technology but yet do we really connect you know one person's on you know texting on their phone another person's on their computer another person is you know uh, i don't know listening to a podcast or whatever it is and and sometimes we just need to put all that away and just look at each other eyeball to eyeball and just spend that quality family time connecting and you would not believe how many boys desperately desire that they want it they don't admit it but they do want that yeah but this, absolutely same time, they, they, they need to breathe. Um, they need, they need that privacy. They need that, that space. So that, that third, you know, relational link is consistent, balanced connections. Balanced is the key word, giving them a bit of space, giving them that, that private time, that, that boy cave they need to go off to that they desperately um, need. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. So, so when you said stay close to me, but but also let me breathe, I guess I was picturing more like emotional connection, but are you talking like actually physical? I guess probably both, like both. physically spend time with them, but then also let them have time alone. Um, That's right. That's right. But what, what would that look like, re- like relationally, I guess? I'm glad you asked that question. So my boy is, is growing up. He's uh, in, in his last year of high school, um, just about out the door. Um, we hate that idea that frightens us <laughs> more than you can imagine. I but sure. through those teen years, we have had to just say, come on, let's, let's just go down to our favorite place on Main Street here in St. Charles and um, let's just grab a Coke together. Oh, come on, dad. No, I just, I don't want to do that. Or, you know, or mom asking that same question, come on, let's, let's go get ice cream, you know, at the ice cream place that we love. And, and finally we get our, get our boy out. We, we have that, that time, just that simple connection with him. And then we let him retreat back to his, his kid cave. Yeah. So as parents, we need to take the initiative and say, hey, we're going to do this. We're going to spend some time together Um, and maybe even saying, well, hey, what would you like to do? What kind of like what activity would be fun for us to do together? And if they push back and are like, "Eh, I don't want to. It's like, nope, we're going to do this. We're going to spend some time together and then you can go back and and do your, you know, do your thing. But so so it is important for parents to know, even if their kids push back and say, no, I don't want to. Should we continue to be like? No, I think this is important. We're going to we're going to spend some time together. A- absolutely. You know, and read the moment, pick your battles, you sure. know, of course, and um if that moment you sense that your son is going through something and just needs a little bit of space at that that moment, that's all right. But circle yep. back. You know, yeah. give them space, uh give them some alone time, but but not too much of it, you know, still circle back, have those consistent connections, you know, and through that you're communicating, you matter to me, you know, you're Mm -hmm. you're number one. I I love you. You know, two other things in a, in a, a teenager's world, I guess this, this boy who's moving from boyhood into the transitioning into the teen years and then the teen years transitioning into adulthood. Um, a teenage boy in particular is very sensitive about personal injustice, self-worth, 
independence, privacy, and love. So all, all those things are, are going on, percolating in his life. And, and whether he admits it or not, as I said, um, he's actually looking for boundaries. And some of his testing behavior is a way of saying, do you care enough about me to keep me from doing this stupid thing? Do I have your attention? Are you concerned about who I am and, and what I'm doing? Um, do you really care about spending time with me? And if uh, he shuts down, puts up those walls, and we don't keep circling back, you know, eventually these, these negative patterns begin to develop and these walls begin to go up all, all the more. He begins to think that you don't care. So, so reading the moment, you know, um, we can't fit everything into this this cookie cutter formula, you know, at all. Um, it, it has to be a bit organic here. But looking at that moment and 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 just come on, let's let's go do this together. Let's go for that walk. Let's grab the bike. Let's just go around the block a couple of times. You know, yeah. those simple simple things. And what kid doesn't want to go out for ice cream? I mean, I know it. Yeah, my my boy at at his age now um, loves it. It's some of our our favorite fun times, things that we do, just very simple things that we do together. That's um, great. So those are the relational links. Those are some of the messages. Um, again, not rocket science, but stuff that's percolating in their minds, things that they're thinking and feeling that that they they want you to uh, to know about. To understand. Yeah, I think that's great. And I would imagine that those things are universal, not just specifically for moms, but also for, for dads as well. For dads as well. That's right. Absolutely. I hope you are encouraged today by my conversation with Michael Ross. Please join me again next week as we finish our discussion. We are going to be talking about mistakes moms make with their teenage or preteen sons how to nurture your son's relationship with the Lord, and how we as moms can guard and prepare our hearts as our boys start to grow up and pull away from us. You can learn more about Michael Ross and purchase some of his books on his Amazon page, and I will have a link in the show notes. And be sure to check out Michael's books, What Your Son Isn't Telling You, as well as his unofficial Minecraft devotional, Building Faith Block by Block. And I will have affiliate links for you in the show notes. You can also connect with Michael on his Facebook page, Michael Ross Books. And just a reminder to all of you, we are a few weeks into our Summer Family Fruit Challenge. Did you sign up yet? It is not too late. Go to familyfruitchallenge.com to sign up. You will receive an email every Monday morning through the rest of the summer that will help you teach your kids about the fruit of the Spirit. Each week of the challenge includes a short devotional about one of the fruits of the Spirit, printable Bible memory cards, and links to songs, games, and activities that will help your kids develop godly character qualities. And you can learn all about it at familyfruitchallenge.com. Also, I would love to invite you to join me in our Facebook group. It's called Raising Courageous Boys. This is a place for Christian boy moms to connect and encourage each other on this wild, wonderful, chaotic adventure of raising courageous boys. And I have a link for the group in the show notes, or you can go to redeemingthechaos.com. Thank you so much for joining me for episode 27 of Redeeming the Chaos with Laurie Christine. If you would like to read a blog version of this episode or download free resources that will help you raise courageous boys, go to redeemingthechaos.com. 